telling Chris earlier, my ears just stopped working. Like they're <laughs> oh. working again now, but <laughs> since like Friday. I haven't heard a thing you guys have said this whole time. <laughs> You're really good at listening to <laughs> Welcome to the Makeshift Podcast, hosted by Chris Powell from Full Steam Designs and myself, Corey Stanley from Odyssey CNC. What's up, Chris? What's going on, Corey? And today we have a special guest with us. We've got Nick Mathis from Nick Mathis Workshop. Hello. What's going on, Nick? Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for yeah, coming. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, so... You know, I was saying we normally don't do like a regular interview or whatever, but I got a lot of questions for you because you do a lot of really interesting stuff. So, oh, yeah, I was wondering what uh, on earth did you ask me to do a podcast for? Yeah, you guys are really low on people (laughs) saying yes, I guess. We're Uh, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel here. Yeah, (laughs) oh, I know, I know, (laughs) I get it. I'm just kidding. (laughs) So, uh, so what are you most interested in then? Well, I don't know, maybe, uh, just tell us how you got into this stuff and, you know, tell us like what you do really to start for, uh, you know, people that, that aren't familiar with you. Definitely go check out Nick on his Instagram cause it's going to blow your mind. So like stop what you're doing right now, pull over <laughs> and look at it. Um, but yeah, the inter- uh, interview is not going to be that interesting. Yeah. So you better go over to Instagram, <laughs> look at something pretty. <laughs> yeah. So, oh. uh, you know, what kind of stuff do you do then? Um, so I make toys basically is what I tell people. And, uh, um, so I, I was asked once, uh, during an interview, you know, so why do you make things? And I had no answer for that. I, I, you know, I think you, you might actually, and, and then your listeners might understand this. I said, well, you know, ducks quack and I make stuff <laughs> and that's how it's always been. Yeah. You know, so, um, and my entire life when I look back, I've been pretty consistent with what I make. I, I, you know, I make toys. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I make right now I'm, I'm, uh, spending a lot of time and energy making these life size, um, wish granting machine replicas from the movie big. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and I made a Dick Tracy watch and we, we tried to make one that, that works like the real thing and makes calls and, and uh, we got through the prototype stage, uh, but that that uh, that ended pretty miserably. I can tell you a story about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I make rocket ships for kids and collectors and corporations that want to give them to their employees. And I got mm-hmm. a lady who called me to make my rocket ship two feet tall. Mm-hmm. Um, and a fellow from England calls me up, says, "Hey, I like your stuff. Can you make my um, my window animation from the '60s do a cup and ball magic trick?" And I said sure (laughs) you know so that's just sort of what i do yeah i think uh i think my kid got a chance to see your um one of your rockets at maker camp oh Uh, i'm talking about you Corey. (laughs) hi i'm i'm chris's kid (laughs) before it broke yeah yeah yeah. that's a kind of funny story Yeah, I didn't. I didn't blame anybody. Honestly, I've I've broken. I think six of them. Oh, oh. <laughs> I was I was making a batch of uh, what was it eighty, and um, they kept falling off my workshop because I I I go through mid project madness where my shop just becomes a disaster because I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna 
organize my my files here and then oh, my scissors will always be here but by the you know middle of the project i've just got amazon boxes full of things that i think are organized oh yeah <laughs> and no. so my rockets have just fallen off i broke so many <laughs> poor guys they felt they felt terrible but <laughs> this is for yeah, the uh, the swap yeah, Make, for the, the uh, maker swap, um, yeah, yeah, that the uh, Working Hands podcast. Uh, yeah, we were we were talking with them all about that last week. But yeah, <laughs> yep. Still yeah, have yeah, some was, good uh, things to say to Corey about it. <laughs> yeah, they did. I yeah, was, uh, uh, I felt relieved that they broke it. <laughs> well, they didn't see. They didn't though. Just so we're clear, that was all Corey. Yeah, that was pretty much my fault. And the trailer. So I'm going to blame the trailer a little bit yeah. as I can. <laughs> so tell me this story. What what exactly happened? You were playing a joke on somebody. Well, okay. So they're they're in the trailer and they're putting stuff away, and I just Chris is standing next to me, and I'm like, Hey, Chris, would it be funny if I just like lifted this door up? <laughs> And locked him in, but I didn't. I just lifted it like a couple inches and then dropped it back down. Well, I guess that sudden jolt of it falling back down or maybe lifting it up because I guess it was helping balance it. <laughs> and uh, so I guess it had like leaned forward and then rocked back. And uh, I just saw Keith scrambling real quick, like moving around, grabbing stuff. And then he looks Thank back you. like just pissed. And he's like, what the fuck was that? And I'm like, oh, nothing, man. I just messing with you damn like, crosswind Ugh. <laughs> he's like damn it and then like so or he's like something just fucking broke and we're like oh shit and then uh we ended up like walking off a little bit you know right after that <laughs> and then keith ends up calling us a little bit later <laughs> yeah and he's like uh hey where'd you guys go and like he's cool as a cucumber and i'm like this is not how i thought this phone call was gonna go like <laughs> i thought he was gonna be screaming at me He's like, no, nah, I guess we worked it out and he brought something else. And then it was funny because later on at maker camp, like we, that's all I knew about it was that something broke and that you put something else in. And then Chris is like, oh yeah, this is, this is Nick and introduced us, you know, when we were talking there in the blacksmithing tent and then you're like, yeah, I, I put something in the swap and I guess it broke somehow and I feel really bad about it. And I'm like, oh, that's my fault. <laughs> like I, I broke your, your, your thing there. But. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was, was my fun. fault. I made I made it in a draft resin to do it fast, and mm. um, I could use a tough resin, which you know kids play with. But for some <laughs> reason, I thought it'd be appropriate to hand adults something fragile. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah. honestly, I got to Maker Camp and I looked at the stuff people were handing in. It was hand forged pizza cutters and like this frying pan and their knives are beautiful, and just these amazing things. And I'm I'm, I'm walking up with my little plastic toy. And I'm going, oh, this is so embarrassing. I feel <laughs> it's like I'm in high school again. We're like, here's my project. It's like the valedictorians handing in their opus. But um, so it broke. And I was like, okay, phew, now I have a reason to put in an $850 watch. <laughs> so I got nothing else. I was, uh, I was actually looking at your Etsy right before this, just kind of combing through stuff and seeing what I was going to talk to you about. And I saw that you had that rocket listed for like 160 bucks and the, the watch for like 940. And I told Chris, I was like, damn, I cost him like over a grand. <laughs> you know who it went to though? Um, no, Derek, who did? Oh, Derek was Walden. it? Oh, no oh, kidding. Okay. Yeah. So um, I, which was great. Cause you know, he really appreciated it. Um, some people don't get it. Oh, yeah. that's They look at it and like, oh, I don't know. It's a watch. What, what, yeah. What does it do? Know, it tells the time and it looks cool. Yeah. It does look cool. <laughs> but he, 
but he he really liked it so that was that was great that's good yeah. So, I yeah. mean, I remember when that movie came out, like that was that that was just the kind of thing I was into, I guess. Like, I don't I don't know, something about like those movies in like the early 90s and, and whatever that were really. Uh, oh, kinda, yeah. Like, just that style, like Art Deco or like mm-hmm. like an atomic style or something mm-hmm. like uh, a Roger Rabbit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. kind of stuff like was just really cool when I was a kid. And then like Dick Tracy came out and that was just awesome and dick tracy was everywhere that marketing campaign was just in your face on every box and every store and the watch to me was the center of it and the make and the makeup the facts yeah Yeah. uh you know the the rogues gallery those fellows were you know i thought i was going to be rick baker special effects makeup when i was a kid yeah and i was doing that since i was six years old and my mom had had taken a course at a place called complexions to learn special effects and um she came back and gave me a tackle box full of stuff. And I thought I was going to do oh, that. Awesome. So when that movie came out, I was like, wow, I got the making of book. And, mm-hmm. but the watch always stuck with me mm. and no one ever made one. <laughs> I blew that's my crazy. mind. Yeah. I know. That's yeah. I was waiting and waiting like, and waiting. Yeah. No that seems it, like, so. uh, something like one of those high end stores would have picked up or something, oh, yeah. you know, sure. like, uh, Hemaker, I can't think of the name of them, but yeah, you know, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. So that, the, that is a cool thing, though. Cool the piece. story on the watch, because I was going to ask you about that before you already answered my question about does it actually, can you actually talk to it? Mm-hmm. Um, so what, uh, you kind of explained the story a little bit at Maker Camp to me and Chris, but if you want to talk about it, what was what was the issue with the the getting the watch made and, and how that kind of fell apart? Sure, sure. Let me just get a box of tissues real quick before I start crying. <laughs> <out. laughs> okay. All right, so what happened was... Um, <laughs> uh, so I wasn't going to make it work like a real thing. Cause I had gotten quotes from companies and they're like, it's going to cost a minimum of $250,000 just to get it to the point where you have a prototype, no actual watch, but just the electronics. Oh man. And then you have to, um, find a contract manufacturer probably in China to create a case around it. And then that's going to have your cost. Uh, and then you're going to have to get it, um, certified by all of the bodies in different in EU and the United States or North America um, to actually sell it. And it was, it was just going to be, you're looking at 400, $500,000. Wow. And I was like, wow, really? He's like, yeah, because you know, things can go wrong. And, and I had gotten some advice. So it's like, I'm not even going to try. Okay. So a fella who bought my watch, I, I had made the prototype in on a, a little desktop CNC machine and it was really cool. People wanted it, but then I learned that I can't actually do it because of licensing. Mm. <laughs> and so I found out what it costs to get licensing and I was talking about it. And one day my brother's like, you know what? I'm going to do this. Mm. So he put up some cash. We got the license. Um, and we made the analog watches that I brought to Maker camp. And those did really well. And a fellow who bought one of those brought it to a, um, a comic strip convention where mm. all these artists go and, when and his friend was there who was uh, on the board of one of these things. And, but he also was just hired as a salesperson at a contract at a, uh, boutique engineering manufacturing company up in Boston hmm. or Massachusetts somewhere. And he's like, my guys will do this. We could do it cheaper and faster. Cause we're here in the States. You drive up, we'll give you a tour. You could be a- along for the ride. And you know, 
and we'll work something out so that we can get this done. We're huge fans of Dick Tracy. We got to be the ones that make this. Mm. I was like, okay, what's the price? And they like gave me a price. I got an investor who was my former boss. He was, he's just an incredible guy. Um, and uh, he was looking for something to invest in and he offered. Mm. And so boom, okay, great. We're on, we're ready to go. But the licensing was $50,000 for every two years. Man. Cash. And you had to pay every time you made a watch is what we ended up negotiating with them. So mm. we paid, you know, we made a certain amount of watches, analog watches, and I paid that. But we had gotten the exclusive license so that we could do this Bluetooth version. So we're running on a clock, right? Because we got a $50,000 payment coming up. And so we're like, can you do this? Because we're running out of time. And like, oh, no problem. We could do that. Blah, 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 blah. They get to the point where they have this something out of a watch, works fantastic. And then they get it into the watch. It's really cool, but it's not perfect yet. But we got to get to Indiegogo. So we've got a prototype. And, pro and Indiegogo's like, here, great. All right, that's your prototype. You proved it. We got your documents, schematics. We got pictures and video. We talked to you on the phone. Um, and so we were up and running. But meanwhile, the guys, I'm like, guys, we're going to run an Indiegogo, but you have to actually be done by December, <laughs> you know, because we've got this licensing issue. Um, and they're like, oh yeah, no problem. We're we're very close. I'm the dummy that 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 should have just waited and raised more money as opposed to running an Indiegogo, mm -hmm. so that people didn't have to wait on us. Because what ended up happening was a risk I had no idea what would have happened. They would have finished it because they were right. It was close to finished. But what happened was they went out of business last minute. Oh man, mm. I don't know the full story because they ghosted me. It was three uh, months of not returning phone calls or emails, us trying to track them down, us trying to figure it out, what's going on, because I was getting, well, no, that's not true. I was getting emails, but I was getting these vague sort of, don't worry, we're working on it. But what mm -hmm. on what? No, right. you know, da, 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 da. hey, how are your kids? Okay, sales guy, <laughs> I see what you're doing. <laughs> and so it, it was terrible. Finally, the engineers called me and he was like, did you know they went out of business? I'm the guy actually doing the engineering. They're gone. They're investor pulled. They didn't tell me that. They didn't tell me anything. I think they were try scrambling, trying to get their business back on the ground. No, oh, yeah. Backing up and running. And I felt terrible for them. But also I had all these people on Indiegogo paid several hundred dollars for one. Right. And we had enough cash in the, back to, in the bank to refund everyone. And we're like, well, look, we're going to keep trying and trying. And so we, we hired those engineers who, because um, they were contracted by that, company that went out of business. It's like, well, we'll contract you. And by after contracting them, we had just enough money to pay everyone back and it had to work. Huh. We couldn't pay them anymore. They had to do the work that they said they were going to do. And we had to get it done by December because we're on the hot seat. Indiegogo people are real mad, <laughs> you know, sending me hate me emails, you yeah, know, oh, but um, we had risked a lot of our own money and like, like a lot, a lot, a lot of money and a lot of time. And we knew we could refund everyone, but we would have to give up. And that would be it. We close mm. shop. It would never get done. No one's ever going to make a Dick Tracy watch. And so we pushed and pushed and pushed. And finally, the engineers, they just couldn't get it together fast enough because they, they said they weren't being paid enough, which I'm sure they weren't, um, because they went over their budget mm. and they spent too much time and they had to do other work. Um, and so eventually my investor pulled and he's like, no, we're done. I got to call it. I got to move on. You know, I'm not waiting for something to happen. Who, who knows how long this is going to take? I can't just put in another $50,000 for the rights. We've run out of time. So right. I negotiated that to get us an extension several times. 
Um, and so at that point, I pushed as hard as I could. I got extensions from the licensor. I, I pushed the engineers. I got the investors to hang on. Um, but we had to call it. So we refunded everyone. Um, people either got cash, a watch, and cash, or like two watches. And uh, that's and everyone made the decision, and we shut down. Man. <laughs> it was rough, man. Yeah, it does sound rough. Oof. I've, I've licensing alone is terrible because it's expensive and you have to negotiate and you have to hire lawyers. I like to build things and sell them. That's it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's what I realized. Uh, no, no licensing for me. Thanks. Yeah. And no Indiegogo's. Those people so, are heartless. Yeah. <laughs> so how many of them are out there? How many about, oh my gosh, how many do we make? We were going to make a thousand. I think we wound up only making 500. Mm-hmm. Um, because so, we, we saved cash and we like, well, let's sell out and then we'll make more. I think that mm-hmm. was the plan, if I remember correctly. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. And I've, I've got about 40 left. Nice. Um, so. Well, it could be a big collector item one day, you know. Yeah, it is now. I get emails all the time. Really? That's why they're $850. Yeah. yeah. Because, um, you know, I'm, I've got a small business I'm trying to build and I've got a thing that people want. And they mm-hmm. you know, we were selling them for 250 and. And then the uh, one that was numbered was 500 and, uh, but they were the exact same quality because I don't know how to sell someone something that's not my best work. <laughs> so I was like, they're the same thing, but we're going to etch on one of them. And that was a customer suggestion. They're like, I'll pay more money. Just etch a number on it. And oh, so okay. we did. Um, and I've, those are all gone. Um, uh, except for one through 10, we have those. Hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so I've got 40 of those left. And yeah, so people email me all the time and they're like begging me to sell them one. I thought I had only scratched ones left. And so I, I just told them, sorry, they're all gone. But it turns mm. out in the box, there's there's several there that are perfectly clean. Mm. I don't know why I put them in there, but you know, I'm a real organized guy. <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway, so that was a, that's the story of the Dick Tracy watches. That's, that's <sighs> a wild, wild story for sure. Yeah, that, sure. uh, that stressed me out. Yeah. Oh my god, I hate telling that story, but yeah. it's got to be told, <laughs> uh, right? Oh, there's a lot in there. I think for people to learn about. I mean, just just the licensing alone. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. know it was that expensive. And then, can you still? That's just when you're manufacturing it. Like, you can still sell those watches ten years from now, right? Without because you yeah. already had them covered. Okay. Yes, exactly. I paid. I paid for them okay. for the rights to sell them. I can't manufacture any new ones. Um, but I mean, I could probably lie and say, well, I manufactured these a long time ago. They're part of a set loop, you know, <laughs> but I, I won't do that because my face will get beat red and I'll start stammering and they're going to know I'm lying. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, um, I've got another project that, you know, I tried to license. It was the, um, Zoltar speaks machine. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried and tried and, and they kept telling me, you know, we don't own it. We could sell you the broken bridge, but we don't actually own the licensing or the trademark for that machine. Even though we own the movie, mm-hmm. we can't actually license this to you. And then they, when I checked in with them a couple of years later, when I picked the project back up again, they ghosted me and said, we can't answer any questions. Oh. Something was happening on the legal side. Mm-hmm. And then I get oh, a call. I, I get a call from a guy who owns the actual trademark for the words Zoltar speaks. He, he, bought them out from underneath the company before they could buy them. <laughs> oh man. Mm. It's like, he's like, Hey, that's a cool movie. Click, 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 click trademark office.com.us or whatever. 
Oh, looks like the <laughs> trademark's free. I'll, I think I'll, I'll take that. Thank you. So he's been, <laughs> he's been selling Zoltar Speaks machines for like two decades or something like that. Huh. And, uh, and people see them all the time. I get pictures. People send me texts. Hey, I saw Zoltar. And I'm just shaking my head saying, that is not, that is not Zoltar. <laughs> <laughs> it's a perfectly, you know, perfectly well-functioning and great machine. And they do a great job and earns people a lot of money who own them. Because people mm -hmm. love putting cash into those things, but mm. uh, but it doesn't look like the actual movie, and mm. um, that's why people call me because they knew I made one, and they, they 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 say, "Look, I'll pay any amount of money, just make me a machine." And um, and so uh, I do, but I don't call them Zoltar Speaks, and I take that, I make sure that name's not on it because that's another okay. thing I learned about licensing is uh, you don't want to mess around. Not only right. is it immoral, I mean they they spend a lot of effort and time to protect that name, right? And they right. should, you know, if I was if I had done that and I'm making these machines, I would hate for someone to sneak around with it. I mean, it's a valuable thing to them. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, so I took it right off and, um, but I, I, you know, the trademark lawyers I spoke to, two of them said, uh, you know, you're in the clear unless someone can prove they own the likeness of it. And, mm. um, and, uh, and then they're going to send you a cease and desist. And I tried to buy it, tried to buy the, the likeness, but nobody would sell it to me. Happy to pay mm. for it. <laughs> Uh, so if you're out there and that's your job, just give me a, give me a ring. <laughs> yeah, if you just happen to be listening, if you're making a big TV series, I'll build the prop for you. I'd love to do it. <laughs> In fact, that's what the trademark lawyer told me. He's like, he just, he's on his computer. He's like, let me do a little research. Click, 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 click in the background. Turns out he's like, oh, I see. There's a little legal battle going between these two people. And that's why I got ghosted by the film company. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I guess they were, they were trying to get the name back. Hmm. And, char and char uh, characters unlimited is what they're called. They're like, no, well, we want to keep it. <laughs> so something's <laughs> going on there. Yeah, and, I'm, uh, I'm looking filed. at it right now. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a little, so, di little different. Yes, exactly. The machine's yeah. different looking, uh, but people do love it. I mean, people buy them all the time. There's one mm -hmm. near me at Playland where they sh shot the film. Oh yeah, and, and they called yeah, me too. Pictures. Yeah, they said, "Can you build us one of yours?" Um, but yeah, so I guess the company wants to make a TV series. Oh, cool. That's what mm -hmm. they, anyway, it's, it's either a ploy or they really do want to do it. Mm -hmm. and so we'll, we'll see what happens in the next few years. I might get a call and someone's going to say, you can't make these anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so is that where these came from? Did they start at that movie or? Mm -hmm. Okay. I, yeah. I, I guess I was under the impression that it was like a thing and mm -hmm. they just, you know, like at carnivals or something. I didn't realize that that's where it, it actually originated. Sure. I mean, if you're speaking of the idea of fortune teller machines, or in this case, a wish granting machine, mm -hmm. um, that's been around forever. Okay. Uh, there was a machine in the sixties called Zoltar, but it didn't look like it looks, it looked more like the one that characters unlimited makes. And, um, but the Zol Zoltar speaks, uh, was, was designed by a prop maker on Long Island for the movie. And, mm. um, he designed it. It was a puppet. It was built, uh, to, be, to fit his body so we could go inside and puppeteer it while Tom Hanks put the coin in and, and he like moved <laughs> the ramp and ejected the coin and while Tom Hanks was pretending to play the game. Huh. And uh, so it's a beautiful design. I really wish I could have met him. He he passed away a year, after, year before I found out who he was. Hmm. And I should have thought to look into it because I have so many questions for him. Oh, uh, right. and, uh, and another near miss was that I had moved away from Toluca Lake, California, um, 
before I found out it was down the street from me where I lived, the actual prop. (laughs) I could have gone to look at that too. But, uh, but yeah, it, uh, the actual machine you see in the movie, that's an original thing. And I thought it was too cool and I couldn't understand why no one made it for real. So I made it, you know, there's a strategy, there's a strategy. I did it for a reason, but, but uh, I tried to pick things that I I was wondering why haven't, hasn't someone made this? I want Mm. it. Right. Yeah, yeah, so there's a lot of uh, skill sets in there. So, I mean, what what all would you say is woodworking, painting? You've got some sewing for the costume, right? Mm-hmm. And then the like animatronics. Is that what it is, or PLC, mm-hmm. or what is it that actually operates? In this case, it is. Yeah, you could call it animatronics. Um, so it is servo controlled. Uh, it's got servo actuators that move the ramp and the head. Mm-hmm. And it's um, the people who designed the servo controller are called Gilder Fluke. So if you ever want to do something where you program servos to do things, mm-hmm. go straight to Gilder Fluke because oh, okay. their stuff will last 30 years. It mm. will go through thunderstorms. It has so many protections built into it. It's just rocket. It's just rock solid. And nice. um, to, if I, to believe the stories that the guy who owns it tells me, you know, there's, his stuff is still in fountains and in museums around the world and at Disney, one of the mm. Disney, I think it's Disney world. And they kept mm. looking for them because they can't find them unless they break. And since they don't break, they can't replace it with their systems, their proprietary stuff. So they call him saying, where's your stuff? We want to take it out. He's like, I don't know. It was 1970s. I, <laughs> I, I installed it so many years ago. You're going to have to just wait. <laughs> <laughs> and so they find it every once in a while when they're looking and um, and they replace it, so it's so so rock solid. If you want to do something like that for Halloween, or if you have a project like I was doing, um, yeah, definitely get a Gilder Fluke control system. Nice, yeah. And there's yeah, there's other other skills involved. Um, in fact, I call it my um, thesis project because <laughs> it, it I knew it was going to test me, and it was I was have to learn things to build it. So it, it was yeah, traditional woodworking um, uh, and um, CNC, 3d printing and, uh, uh sculpting and, and digital sculpting, mold making, uh, yeah. Animatronics. I didn't do any programming cause they have Gilded Fluke has their own system where you just move sliders and type in values and, and you can animate it. No, that's cool. Uh, yeah. That's so easy to use. Uh, and, uh, yeah, sewing. I'd never sewed a thing in my life, but yeah, I had bought a sewing machine and made his costume. Lots of stuff. Patience. Yeah. That was another Oh skill. yeah, but <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine with that. It's, it's what, what's the biggest like project that you two have worked on that that really tested you though? This is mine for sure. Gosh, well, I mean, is it was it when you started blacksmithing? Was it was it? I guess for me, it would have to be like the car that I'm doing. You know, such the, an incredible the, project. Yeah, thank you. Just because you know it's so different, and I mean, you know, I will have to do more like sheet metal and and. Mm you know, then getting to the engine and definitely, definitely grabbing from a lot of different skill sets for that thing. But yeah. I don't know. It's still, it, I'll be honest with you. It feels so small compared to this thing. Like just <laughs> watching your progress picks well, that's and, funny. and videos and stuff on this. Like, it's just wild. Like I really hope people do check it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's I, I see else. other people's work like that. And I'm like, I look at my stuff. I'm like, Oh man, I'm just building toys. These people are building freaking cars. <laughs> yeah. Know, like, and like uh, when I saw the blacksmith thing going on at, at maker camp, which I've always wanted to try, I was like, my God, this stuff is like art. You know, this is oh, art. Yeah. 
and um, and I love what I'm building and it makes people happy, but it's toys in, in my view. I'm building toys and to me, it's it's just layering paint and layering things until it looks complex, mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't feel like art oh, the way I, I, I see things <laughs> like that. I think that's one of those things where you're, you're too close to it yeah. Yeah. Like, or like maybe too humble about it. But I think from the, an outside perspective, there's definitely some art there. I mean, I wouldn't know how to paint something in that way just to get those layers. And like some of those things on that, I thought were like CNC cut on it until I saw that it was just the way you painted it, mm-hmm. you know, made it yeah. pop out more. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I learned a few things by analyzing the prop itself which was a great learning experience, learning, Mm -hmm. looking at something that someone else has made and reverse engineering it. I mean, it's just such a wonderful teaching tool. Hmm. Um, And, you know, that's always been the way it was for me. I would take things apart and and say, okay, let me see if I can replicate this or build something in the same way they built it. And that's kind of how I, before YouTube came along when it was too late for me to learn (laughs) foundational (laughs) skills. (laughs) That's funny. Um, But what about you, Corey? Is there there like a big project that... I'm trying Never to ends. think. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, I think as far as like learning the, mo- like applying a lot of skills in, in one area, I, I like two things come to mind. The one that I just learned more from and the other one that took a lot of skills. And so I did um, like escape room props for a while. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I was making like this, uh, it was like this, uh, like Egyptian themed, like, Anubis chamber thing. And I had, um, I bought these, like it was pretty much an already put together kit of sensors and magnets. Um, but you had to, you had to get it like coded, right? Like in the right order. And then you had to put all the props in there. So I had to make this like obelisk that had like, you put these props in that you found around the room and you put them in in the right order and it would open it like a little <laughs> vending machine or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one was fun. Cause that, that went back to like, like it had the, the woodworking, um, just making sure it all came together looking good and then the painting it to make sure it looked like old. Um, and there's a lot that I learned on there and there's, there's a lot I would do different now to, to make it more like textured and stuff like that. But I feel like I learned a lot from doing that project. Um, yeah. and it's kind of the same situation with your, um, your watches about how like it just didn't work out. Like this was kind of a family run escape room business thing. And so it was a lot of investment. Yeah. It was a lot of just like sweat equity into it and, um, you know, money on my part. And then it just didn't work out. I mean, it was right at like, right when COVID started that the room was supposed to start. Like it was literally like January, 2020, we had went to like this, um, they called it the man show. And it was like this huge expo here with like all kinds of stuff, guns and entertainment and all kinds of just crap in there. And we had like rented out a booth and, and brought this thing, like made it mobile, set it up and uh, nobody showed up <laughs> and we're just like, wow. what's going on? And, and it was like watching the news and it was like, oh, I guess COVID's here. Like it just arrived, like <laughs> kicked in the door and was like, everybody out. And we're like, Fuck. out of the pool, kids. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that that didn't work out. And um, I'm so I mean, sorry. I, uh, I mean, it's it's like you said, though, it's you learn so much from that. that You can't really be like you can't really look at it and just be like, like, sure, it's emotional that you it didn't work out. But at the same time, like you put so much into it to learn all those mm-hmm. skills and apply them. Yeah. And you took the risk that you could still be proud of yourself that like, sure, you followed through on it and you tried your hardest and you can still take those skills and apply them to something else. So it's yeah. not like it's not as painful as time goes on. I feel like I feel like a lot of people are like afraid of failure 
Mm-hmm. But it's and it, everybody says it like failure makes you grow more. But there really is some truth to that. Like you're not going to push yourself to be who you want to be if you're not afraid to go out and fail every once in a while. Oh, I'm uh, probably my biggest mistake was not failing fast enough mm-hmm. growing up. And, and even my 20s, you know, I was just so afraid. Well, if I waste my money, I don't have enough money to waste. If I waste my time, I should be doing something else with my time. And, and I was afraid to try things and fail faster. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I had no problem doing that, you know, because <laughs> my parents took care of everything, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. They were feeding me and housing me and I was going to school and I could just try things and fail. And uh, But when, you know, you're in your 20s, it uh, starts to become a bit of a phobia. I think it's harder. Oh yeah, uh, to mm-hmm. to uh, take risks when you're looking at your future ahead of you, thinking, "Where is this going to go?" Is it, is it you know? Because uh, the Zoltar machine was a huge risk. Um, a lot of time, a lot of money, and yeah. um, but the reason I did it is because I'd met this woman and I wanted. I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to marry her for sure." <laughs> we got some things to work out. I'm a terrible listener. But we're going to figure this out and then we're going to get married. Um, but I was like, I'm working at this this uh, advertising company in New York City for these wonderful people. I would work there the rest of my life if I could just because of the people. But I wasn't useful there and it felt terrible because I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I like to make things. I like to get out there and build things and I want people to use what I build. I was afraid to try and fail because... You know, it got drilled in my head that artists will never have insurance and they'll never get married yeah. and have a house. And, you know, All right. don't, don't, don't do that. <laughs> but when I was like, look, as soon as we get married, we're going to have kids. If I'm not, if I'm going to try to be an artist, I got to do it. I got to try. Mm-hmm. So I left I had some cash in the bank and I built ridiculous things and people wanted to buy them. Nice. So I was lucky. Uh, I'm still incredibly in debt from it, but <laughs> I'm working. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, that's Work, great. Working primarily on getting myself out of debt, but I'm working. <laughs> yeah, but you're working on something that you're proud of. And that's, yeah, and, I, and it's a um, huge difference between a lot of people that are just working because they're afraid to work on the things they want to work on. And mm-hmm. it kind of seems like when you follow your passion and you really zero in on like what you like to do, it's like the, some of the doors just open up for you and you're like, oh, wow, this yeah. is, I would not have expected this. So that's kind yeah. of a cool thing. Yeah. I found, I found that there's some magic to, you know, when someone say, what are you going to build and what are you going to make and try and sell it? Um, well, I could think of what do people want to buy? What, what do people want me to make for them? But there's some magic to just building what I'm passionate about mm-hmm. because I'm not the only idiot out there that wants a Dick Tracy watch or a Zoltar <laughs> speaks machine. Like, you know, I'll show it to some people and they'll go, why the heck did you build this? <laughs> like they, what they really say is you're fascinating. <laughs> but what they really mean is what the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> yeah. Get a job. <laughs> um, but you know, when you, when you do what you're passionate about and you put your all in it, luckily nowadays we've got the internet and word's going to travel and mm-hmm. someone's going to say, I want that. Right. Yeah. You know, it just takes do one good work. person. Yeah, yeah. 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 Be passionate about what you're doing. Do good work, do your best and get it seen. Mm-hmm. That's there's some magic in there. Yeah. And when the, when you get kicked down because there's inevitable, I mean, some things you just got to learn, like there's just life lessons that it's going to suck. You're going to lose money. 
mm-hmm. or time or feel like you you may you might have made the wrong choice, but eventually all those choices work out. Like I've got uh, I'm making just new friendships and and acquaintances now on something that was an issue a year ago that I thought I had wasted all my time in this, you know, a different business with and not not the escape room stuff. It was the the other thing I was going to mention was these like gun boxes I've been building. We've talked about them on the show before, but it took like fine woodworking and, and joinery that I hadn't really pushed myself to do. Mm-hmm. And then it involved like using the CNC, but trying to use it in like a more creative way, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, and so I was making these gun boxes and then the guy kind of burned me on it and took the design and tried to give it to all these other woodworkers. And so it, it's just another one of those, you know, hard lessons. But mm-hmm. from that now, doors are opening up with other people and mm-hmm. it's, it's awesome to see it. Like at, I, I put that, the, I put some of those boxes on a shelf for a year and was like, I'm probably never going to touch these again. And now I'm building them again with four other people that actually appreciate it and aren't going to screw me over. So it's, that's great. It's, it's a very good wow. feeling. Yeah. Yeah. You've got that grateful mindset. I was trying, well, I got oh, a yeah. kid right now. Do both of you have kids? You have uh, kids. Not you have, now. Huh? Yeah. Corey's got a whole army of them. Oh, I yeah, saw I you with, yeah, I think I kids. saw you all. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to work on with my oldest. I've got two. He's four. Um, about, about, uh, always asking, what can I learn from this? Cause he's, he's, he's really struggling with disappointment and failure. Mm-hmm. When he can't do something or he tries, it doesn't work or think things don't go the way he planned or the way he really wanted to. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when he makes a mistake at home or he has an accident or something, if something breaks or he spills it or whatever, you know, I try to, help him learn something that I wish I had been taught as a kid, which was just ask, first of all, clean it up, make sure you're all right, Mm -hmm. clean it up and then ask, what can I learn from this? Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, then you wasted a perfectly good fuck up, you know, because you you never, you don't really screwing up unless you don't learn something from it. Exactly. And, um, and when you, when I started to look at the world that way, my life started to work out a little bit better. And, um, and you know, you seem to be talking from a space of 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 being grateful for what you do have. It didn't work right. out the way you planned, mm-hmm. but you got things out of it. You can unpack it. There are there is there is there are great things you can take away from from what people might look at as a failure, like the watch bomb. Oh yeah, I got <laughs> great things out of it. I met some incredible people, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, people called me because they wanted me to do work. They're like, I saw this watch. Oh, Can nice. you do this? And I'm like, yeah, great. Yeah, they, they can't take that away from you. They can't take what you made away from you. And that's something, you know, you can always be proud of. Uh, and I had I had another thought and I just lost it too. <laughs> it was oh, you sound right like, along those lines. But you sound like me. <laughs> I'm constantly, I don't know how, you, how you're even awake with all those kids. <laughs> that's Chris why I'm in, uh, I don't think he sleeps. <laughs> that's why I'm not in my house doing the podcast. We oh, tried okay. doing that for the first uh I don't know, 10 episodes and I'd constantly get inter- interrupted and uh mm. my my wife owns a, a cleaning company. Yeah. So she happens to have an office that all you know her cleaners go meet at and they get all their supplies and all that. So if I showed you around in here you'd see a bunch of like cleaning products. <laughs> it's not like a sweet podcast office. It's just uh <laughs> I'm in my wife's paper, office. Paper towels and oh nice. I like the flowers. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I've got my moon phases moon. Little face of the here. moon, yeah. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> my my office space is the basement on the half where we don't do laundry. <laughs> but it's an yeah, mine's, mine's my shop and that's where I'd prefer to be, but the acoustics in there are just awful. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. You can't be, <laughs> you can't be in the house. Not with all those kids. They're not going to let you uh, oh, do yeah. a podcast. No, nope, they definitely sleep. don't. It's the, the, the older three boys, you know, the, the, they'd probably be all right, except for like coming to get a snack and it's like close to the kitchen. So I can hear them like opening the fridge or whatever. But my three-year-old girl, she'll just come to be like, oh, what are you doing? And like, want to be right in front of the camera. <laughs> I'll help. <laughs> yeah, Put this over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, my I have to be careful that my son isn't around for things like this because he's in this phase now where he says the most bonkers things. <laughs> and he's just experimenting. But like at dinner, we're eating. And all of a sudden, he just starts repeating over and over again in a silly voice, open butt, open butt, <laughs> open butt, open butt. And I'm like, what? That's so funny. Uh, yeah, kids really do eye? say the, the darndest things. <laughs> they do. And like, yeah, I, I actually record them on Facebook. Um, <laughs> I write down the, the really nuts things that he says <laughs> because I always forget and they oh, yeah. are crazy. But if he was here, he would... He would get it right up on your face and he would start telling you all sorts of crazy stories. So oh, yeah. <laughs> you have to do it when they're sleeping. <laughs> right. Actually, uh, I uh, used to hashtag all my stuff on Instagram, uh, Midnight Maker Society, hmm. because I was always working at midnight because mm-hmm. I'm a stay-at-home dad. Hmm. And the only time for me to actually get something done is when my wife goes to sleep, my kids are asleep. But that means I don't sleep. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's that's when I do my um, like homework for school now. Uh-huh. It used to be when I get most of my work done. But now that uh, Millie is three, she does a pretty good job of like occupying herself. And then I, you know, come check on her and she comes, she comes and yells at me in the garage when she needs something. But at least <laughs> we're past that stage where I have to like watch her every second of the day and make sure she's not trying to hurt herself. But uh, <laughs> I, I literally had a running with scissors moment the other day with Dashiell. <laughs> it was, and now I've got a, another kid that could become a casualty, so I have to be real careful. I can't, <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't slip into the basement and be like, all right, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna switch the 3D print, get something else going, put it in the wash. Because <laughs> when I come upstairs, he's changed the configuration of their little like couch cushion fort and my <laughs> one-year-old is climbing on top of it teetering off the back of a couch and if he hit that wood floor it would be hospital yeah. for sure yeah, it wouldn't feel good yeah so so no more making during the day for me <laughs> what uh what kind of stuff are you working on now you still you still got some of these zoltars you're working on right oh yeah yeah those, yeah. those people are real real mad about it but some of them are <laughs> fantastic some of them are like hey how's it going I'm like, this is my progress. Great. Keep up the great work. And then I've got one guy who yells at me in German because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been forever. And I, I, you know, when this leaves, first of all, I got hung up for a while because I didn't know what to do about the characters unlimited situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I got mentally blocked from solving mechanical problems because I just felt stressed and mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't move forward. I couldn't be productive some, and it was difficult, but, uh, and then my kids were born and, and that really slowed me down because I'm the stay at home, you know, and, uh, but, uh, but, you know, it's been, I think a few years, but primarily I wanted to make sure that once these leave the house, they're not coming back. Mm-hmm. No, right. Um, especially when it's going to Germany oh, yeah. all the way across the United States. Uh, the first one went into a museum, which is 15 minutes down the road. And, um, and uh, I've decided to only sell to private collectors at this point because mm. kids 
I love kids, but they destroy everything. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> they will they find really a do. way. This is why yeah. Chris has nice things at his house. <laughs> He's always like, look at this new thing I bought. I'm like, yeah, nah, my kids would destroy that. Yeah. <laughs> not buying that. <laughs> I, I walk down the street. I can see who's a dad and who's not based on the shabbiness of their clothes. <laughs> like whether they have soggy Cheerios in their beard that they don't know about. <laughs> All right. My, my clothes are a little shabby, but you know, I've got like a bridge port and all sorts of stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. I, I flex in other ways, you know, <laughs> I, I've given up flexing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going full blown bad, dad bod. I've got oh, bags yeah. under my eyes. <laughs> my patience is always pretty thin. Right. <laughs> I think I've just started a new hobby of yelling at kids that I'll be on my lawn. <laughs> They're my kids. They're supposed to be there, but I just yell at them. I just shake my fist and I tell them to get the hell off. (laughs) It's my thing now. Dude, Uh, I'm I'm almost at that stage. This time it's not my kids though. I've got these like neighbor kids that just moved in. And it's not like I have, I live in a subdivision. Like it's like everybody has like three acres or so, like pretty spread out. You put effort Um, into getting onto your lawn. (laughs) Well, they're like riding their bikes up and down and they like, always stop in front of my driveway right in front of the driveway that's and dangerous like, though yeah it is like this is like it, i mean it's kind of like a um, a back road but people fly down this road and so it's oh out you there know, yeah yeah and uh so they just keep lingering out there like i'm looking out the window all the time and they're just out there i'm like what the what are they doing like one time they were just sitting down like playing with rocks like by my mailbox and i'm like <laughs> what the hell are they doing out there and they'll go up and down the road and they'll call for my dog to go with them so they're training my dog to wander off oh. and, and he's like eight months old and I've been trying to keep him in the yard. Like, and he's, you know, he just keeps wandering off. And I'm like, damn it. And, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm right there where I'm like, I want to go yell at these kids. And my wife's like, go yell at them. And I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm almost me. there. <laughs> you know, my mom. But to be that guy. You gotta yeah. have her be the bad guy. Yeah. Oh, she is. She's pretty good at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I usually let her be the bad guy. Like if we're out at like dinner and somebody messes up my food, I'm like, I'm like, that's okay. I'm like, don't worry about it. And that's not a big deal. And then I'll be like, this sucks. And my wife's like, I'll take care of it. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Oh, but yeah, you know, you, I, you got to talk to people when they're doing dangerous things on your property though. And that's a thing. It's a real thing. Well, they're, not, they're not actually on the property. They're just like in just, the road. So they know, <laughs> they know what, what the legal. Yeah, they, they know. I'm waiting for them to step on, on the property so I can yell at them. I can't really yell at them in, in the road. I don't own the road. Yeah, I had an opportunity to yell at kids that I completely lost. I was uh, in my kitchen and we have this big window that we look out in the backyard. And it's beautiful. You got deer. It's a nice, we're in like a suburb, but we have like deer coming through and we have a lot of rabbits and we have um, birds and everything. And, and, um, it was just lovely to just watch early in the morning, these things happen. And then all of a sudden these kids run over and they start playing in my kids stuff. And this is height of the pandemic where mm. I'm like, I don't know, you know, like <laughs> I, I, maybe don't be here. <laughs> Literally just playing all over this stuff and they're dragging it around. And like, I bought this stuff specifically so that my kids had something to do until we figured out like, you know, what really we should be doing during the pandemic. This is right. Like right at the beginning when everyone's getting mixed messages and, Oh yeah. yeah. And, um, 
and we played it safe because we, you know, we had my wife was pregnant and all that. So mm-hmm. um, I was really uncomfortable, but I'm like, I should probably go tell them to go back to their lawn, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but then it gets worse because this guy stumbles in like mid forties with a beer in his hand <laughs> morning. <laughs> and he's just laughing. He's got his hand in his pants. <laughs> the kids oh, wow. were like up and down my stuff, dragging it across, tried dragging it back to their lawn. And then this woman comes running and she's like closing her robe and she's like, blah, 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 blah. What are you and he's like, because <laughs> I'm like in my kitchen, just sipping my coffee. <laughs> this is just too fun. That's awesome. What is going on? You should have recorded that. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. I know. I just, just, uh, I should just start videotaping my backyard. <laughs> yeah, but, just uh, get like uh, those motion sensor cameras that just go off when people are around, exactly. so you can always capture it. They did yeah. come back a few times. I had a shenanigans happening in my lawn a few times. They moved. Oh gosh! Oh, I could have blown up on TikTok. Man, I always yeah. miss the great opportunities. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, Chris, uh, I know you love yelling at people. You got any good stories of yelling at kids? I'm sure that's probably your favorite. <laughs> nah, I don't I don't, th- I don't think I ever really yell at kids. Usually uh, it's miss- adults. You're missing out. And usually <laughs> I'm not really yelling at them. I'm like, you know, more in my car, like <laughs> road rage. Like, yeah. But I mean, it's not like it's not like like I'm taking action on the road rage. I'm just, you know, squeezing my steering wheel tighter and, and rolling up know, the window while you're yelling at them. Yeah. <laughs> screaming at the top of my lungs. Yeah. With the windows up and, and I go home know. and I journal real mad about it. <laughs> go home and punch my drywall. Yeah. <laughs> and I fix uh, it. Yeah. 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 It's awesome. Yeah. Um, nah, I don't think I do have any good stories about that. I wish I did. I'm surprised you don't have any kids around you climbing in that car. Yeah. I would be in it if I was a kid. I would have climbed in it if it was out. (laughs) My one neighbor is like, I'll roll the car out. And I mean, he's a nice guy and all, but like, I'll, I'll roll the car outside and be working on stuff in the garage. And then I'll turn around and he's like standing right there. He's a pretty tall guy. And he scares the <laughs> shit out of me every time because I'll have like music on or whatever, like like my headphones. So I won't hear him. And and I'll turn around every single time. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm like, man, you're sneaking up on me again. <laughs> you know? and I'm, I like I don't even know what his name is. So just call him Gary. Yeah, it's it's too. Gary. Yeah. We already we already got a Gary. That's uh oh, okay. <laughs> that's one of uh that's one of Corey's buddies. Uh, Jerry that's, Barry that's also it, works. That's why it makes it better if if you <laughs> if you call him Gary from now on, we can blame somebody. Uh, just the perfect but, uh, neighbor name. Yeah. Uh, and did you ever play in those houses that were being built in subdivisions when you were a kid? Oh, I did. Oh yeah. No. Okay. So you're hanging we, from we, we had time. other, yeah, we had like houses that were probably needed to be destroyed that we were playing in. <laughs> Crack houses. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. I, I grew up in the city, so oh, okay. it was, it was so a little you, different. You played in the asbestos, we played in the, the sawdust. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember one time, because uh, there, was, there was a brand new subdivision over by like my uh, mom's place. And me and my brother would always go just exploring. So we used to, before the houses were there, just go run around to the fields and try to like find something to do. And after they started framing up these houses, we're over there, you know, playing around on everything. And my brother decides he's going to like lower himself down into like a air conditioning duct. 
<laughs> and it's oh a pretty gosh. wide one, I guess. And he like hits his knee right on a nail, like oh. <laughs> really hard too. Like, I mean, this thing, like, I think his leg was even like stuck on it for a minute oh. or, uh, you know, a few seconds or something. And he like pulls back up out of there and it was like a rusty nail or something too. So he's like, can't bend his knee and like we're hobbling back and we're pretty far from home. And he ended up having to go to the the ER and like getting like a tetanus shot for it and everything. And <laughs> it's just funny thinking about it now. Like we used to run all over the place. Like I'd take my bike and like go all over town, like be oh, gone yeah. all day. And now like if my kids even thought about leaving the yard, I'd be like, what are you, you know, freaking out? Like, what are you doing? You can't. There are rusty just nails out of this world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what did you learn from it? right? You got to take something away from it. So the next time you go back to a construction site, you know where the rusty nail is and you can- Yeah, I'm always looking around. It's funny because he's actually a a general contractor now and his own (laughs) construction company. (laughs) (laughs) He has some dues to pay, I guess. He's got some- Yeah. He pays them to put in rusty nails. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. I have to be careful about my oldest because he's not one to have an accident and then go, I'm not doing that again. That was dangerous. He, <laughs> he looks right at you after he's done crying and goes, okay, I survived. <laughs> I survived. I'm doing this do again. again. <laughs> yeah. But this time I'm doing it with a noose around my neck and I'm just going to f- let it fly in the wind and see what it catches on. Because <laughs> I'll survive. Uh, I'll survive. I always do, dad. <laughs> That's so yeah. funny. Yeah. He's, he's me. He's a little me. I hope he makes it to 40. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I made it to 40. It's pretty good. Yeah, that was good. A few, few yeah. rusty nails here and there, but yeah. 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 I, I said yes to way too many things when I was young in my 20s. Actually, I didn't mellow <laughs> out until I had kids. <laughs> and, and I was like, ah, right. So if I am not here, that, that would be sad for them. <laughs> Can't just, yeah. yeah. It was a hard pill, pill to swallow there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and also be a little more responsible. (laughs) Well, plus my body stopped working in my mid thirties. I don't know when yours stopped working, but that hasn't happened to you yet. But (laughs) actually, that actually just started happening to me, and I'm in my mid thirties. But my I was telling Chris earlier, my ears just stopped working. They're working again now. But (laughs) since like Friday, haven't heard a thing you guys have said this whole time. (laughs) You're really good at listening. (laughs) Yeah, I can read lips. Yeah, no, but uh. I've got the subtitles put on here, so I can see. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's actually like I had a tooth that was infected, and apparently it, it can spread into your nerve, and you can lose your hearing because of that. So I got that figured out and got like some amoxicillin, and I've got to go get a root canal done like next week. So, Chris, I might not be here next week for the podcast. <laughs> or, or maybe you be will be here, and funny. it'll be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might be. We'll have to move it up to Tuesday because that's when the um, – that's when the uh, procedure is. So oh, okay. we'll get all doped up. Yeah, yeah, that'll be real good. I'll listen to <laughs> talk about sure. the pink elephants and whatever's <laughs> climbing up your walls. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I, I woke up like I don't know six months ago, and my shoulder hurt, and it didn't hurt when I laid down, and it just <laughs> never stopped hurting. Like I don't know what the hell happened. Like, and that's sleeping just life worst. now, I guess. Yeah. How yeah, old are you? sleeping will mess you up. I'm 37. Okay. Well, you're getting close to the, you know, you're never coming back. I don't know if you know this. It's not getting better. No, no. And that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I hate going to sleep because I wake <laughs> up 
And I'm like, this is the end. And then I have my <laughs> coffee. If I get time for a warm shower, then I'm like, okay, okay, we're cool. We're cool. <laughs> All right. Might make it another day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. Meanwhile, my brother's like a CrossFit fanatic. Ugh. And he's like, life is good. <laughs> Dude, those <laughs> people this are range. <laughs> Yeah. I, I tried doing CrossFit last year after like not working out for a long time. Like uh, in the Navy, I was pretty good about staying in shape. And then after the dad, you know, stuff was like, eh, what's the point? And then I was like, <laughs> well, I'm going to go CrossFit. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we used to do it two times a day in the Navy. Like we'd get up in the morning, go to the gym. And then after work, we'd go right to the gym and like, Nobody was making us do that. Like you didn't right. have to. It's not like it mm-hmm. was like the Marines or whatever, you know, where you had to get up and like PT or something. Right. Like this is all just what we wanted to do. It definitely passed the time. <laughs> yeah. 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 I guess that's what it did. I don't know what <laughs> yeah. happened though. I guess I oh. got better ways to pass the time. Now. <laughs> exactly. You get real priorities now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I tried man. doing CrossFit though. And I was like, every day I was sore. And I'm like, this sucks. Like, why do I want to be sore this much? <laughs> like, this is terrible. <laughs> I'll just, you know, watch what I eat or something, but I'm not going to lift weights constantly. <laughs> be sore every day. Just so that one day when somebody asks me to lift something heavy, I can be like, no, nah, too sore today. <laughs> <laughs> I could. Uh, in theory, I could. <laughs> uh, I'm trained. Yeah, let me, let me <laughs> have a protein, protein shake. I've been training for this. Well, not this thing, but, but catch me in a few days. I'll skip the gym. <laughs> Might be able to lift it for you. Uh, yeah. I've been putting uh, plywood up on the roof of that lean-to mm. and like having to push those things up there myself. Man, that is absolutely killing me. It, it's it's crazy how much harder it gets when you like just have your hands over your head yeah. and then to be able to like step up on like a little step stool to be able to push something just that little extra distance. Like it really is hard. So you've been doing CrossFit too. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah. I'll tell you, you yeah. sound like you're in great shape though, because uh, I was, I was yeah, just holding no. one arm up with a spoonful of spaghetti for my kid tonight and he was making me wait because he wanted to be silly. And I was like, God damn it. I'm dying. Eat your food. <laughs> I, had to put it, I literally had to put it down. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> Take a break. <laughs> I would go to sleep right. right now, but I'm terrified. That's too many uh, reps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Maybe I am in good shape. I feel pretty good right now anyways. <laughs> Wait till tomorrow. Oh, Wait man. till the morning. Yeah. yeah. You're going to be jacked up. God. When I was in That's good funny. shape, I, when I was young and I was doing um, remodeling for a costume and magic shop, that I used to go to in high school after high school, I needed a job and they're like, yeah, come work for me, but you're going to sculpt masks, build animated fireplaces. And, and also I've got a building that needs to be remodeled. We're going to pay you seven fifty an hour. I'm like, yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm putting up full sheets of plywood. Cause I'm a dummy on a ceiling. That's 13 feet tall. Oh man. Oh man. It was so I, I could do it. And I, at the end of the day, I felt good about it. I wasn't sore. I wasn't hurting, but like it was hard work. What I was doing way harder than I needed to be. Cause I could have done it smarter, but nobody taught me how to do this stuff. He just said, go rebuild my building, <laughs> you know, just figure it out. Uh, but <laughs> one day, cause I wasn't being safe cause I was by myself all day, not knowing what I was doing. I dropped one of these full sheets of ply of, uh, sorry, plasterboard. Mm-hmm. And I tried catching it instinctively with my foot and I'm on mm. top of a ladder, really oh, tall man. ladder. 
and I catch it. But obviously, I didn't stop it. It went right through my foot, and my my toe was just aching, and God, it hurt. And so I went home, and I took my shoe off, took my sock off. It was just bloody, and and I see my toenail bent backwards at 90 degrees, straight up. <laughs> wow. Halfway across the toenail, it's just bent God. 90 degrees up, and I'm just like, <laughs> This is how horrible we started. And so I was like, I don't know what to do. It hurts so bad. And so I'm cleaning it. I'm like, how do I, do I cut it? Like, what do I do? So I'm trying to clean it because I had you know, a bunch of junk in my boot that day from working. And, <laughs> and all of a sudden it starts to hurt worse and worse. Like someone is driving a knife right into my toe. And all of a sudden, whap, it snaps back into place mm. onto raw, <laughs> exposed bloody flesh it's <laughs> oh, like and i called my boss i was like i'm not coming back in <laughs> that's the day i realized that 750 an hour sucks yeah <laughs> yep i was working at a weld shop and uh it was sea fox boats we'd we'd build like the t-tops and the seats well they built the whole boat there and everything but that's what we were doing and there was some special project that we had come in for and we were using these big bar clamps for something and I hung one up on something and it like just barely caught the edge and it came right off. And this like, I don't know, five foot bar clamp came right down, like on the bar end, right on my toe. And I was wearing, I was wearing vans and I looked at my buddy and I was like, Oh my gosh. And I like grabbed his arm. Cause I was, I was like, White. I was done. Yeah. yeah. It like, t- yeah. He said that even he's like, man, you went, completely white and he looks at me and he goes ah your steel-toed vans failed you didn't they i'm like i'm dying i was like man that was rough but yeah same thing that 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 toenail i think it finally just started growing back that was pretty bad twisted and naughty but oh yeah oh man yeah i've had a lot of injuries like that because nobody nobody taught me how to do stuff this is before youtube it's not like a good google and like notice that someone's wearing closed toed shoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Common sense ought to teach you, but <laughs> right. Um, yeah. 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 I haven't learned anything. I, I do like, I do like wearing my flip flops out in the shop. Just <laughs> try to keep the camera above that. Yeah. Man. I don't, I don't know how you do it. Like I, I, I don't put on steel toe when I'm in the shop. I'll just mm-hmm. have tennis shoes on, but I cannot, like if I'm wearing flip flops, I'm like, I gotta go put shoes on before I go out in the shop. Like just something about, just dropping something on my foot is like, I don't want that. Yeah, that does <laughs> sound terrible. I, I see people with flip flops and like those Chacos sandals on, and they're like <laughs> doing all kinds of heavy lifting in the shop. I'm like, no, oh, that's bad. <laughs> but hang on, are you the only one of us three that hasn't destroyed their toe? Yeah, I think I'm pretty good so far. <laughs> I've I've had an injury to my foot, but it wasn't from not having protective so shoes that's... on. It was from swinging out of my navy rack, and <laughs> somehow I was drunk. And I clipped the somebody else's hasp on their locker down oh. below. And I don't even remember doing it. I just remember like I, well, I kind of remember swinging out of the rack and getting hurt. But like the next morning was when I really realized what happened. And I'm like, "What the fuck?" My foot was like gouged pretty deep. Uh, yeah, yeah. I tried even figuring it out. Like later on, I'm like, "How could I have swung out and hit that hasp?" And uh, all I could think of was that asshole left his hasp up. <laughs> didn't, didn't you fall out of your rack? once i don't think so well somebody that time, but i swung out 
Somebody did. I know I somebody. I somebody used to do it like all the time. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it might have been you. <laughs> like I remember one night I was laying in my rack, which was a middle <laughs> one, and somebody, the, whoever was above me, went full. Yeah, like like a movie. Like somebody just like jumped off a skyscraper and and just whack hit the hit the deck. And I looked out, and you know, sure enough, they were just laying on the ground. I was like. <laughs> Right. Well, what concerns me is that, that you don't know who it was because <laughs> you clearly didn't get up to check if they were all right. If you nah. did, you would know who it was. I, I, I'm pretty sure it was you, Corey. Uh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> it might have been that. one of those one of those nights at the the VFW or something. Could have been. <laughs> maybe it is. That is kind of a common thing, though. Like in the Navy birthings, you just like <laughs> hear somebody fall out, and then they're like. Like, like you hear the thud and you're like, I think somebody just fell out of the wreck, but I don't know. Maybe they just like got out and jumped down and then you hear them. Oh, and you're like, yep. I don't know why that's so silly to me. That's so funny. It's like two in the morning. You're just laughing to yourself in your wreck. Like idiot. <laughs> Sometimes like, cause I built my kids bunk beds, right? Like similar to Navy ones. I don't know. I just, it's a space saver. Okay. And it looks cool. <laughs> and be I want to feel what I felt. <laughs> yeah. But, um, like I'll hear a loud thud over there and I'm like counting in my head, like how many seconds do I wait before I go check on them? And then I'll like go check. And most of the time it's like, they're in the bathroom. Like they just jump out of it and there's a loud thud instead of like climbing down, <laughs> but they're, you know, they're seven, nine and 12, uh, I guess 10. I don't know. I don't know their ages, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> did you get the there, 12 there year has... old age wrong or the nine year olds? Because that's, that's a nine year old. Okay. <laughs> He's 10. 12, 10. There's, there's, there's a 12, there's a 10 and a seven year old. Yeah. <laughs> Which I called him five the other day and he was like, dad, I'm seven. I'm like, no, you're at least six. <laughs> <laughs> Quit messing around. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, th- there's been a couple times they did fall out of those and I'm like, Ooh, maybe I should have like put a rail on that. <laughs> they're, they're tough. Yeah, we probably should have been retrofitting people's racks with rails in the Navy to keep them in <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah. I guess we could always lift them up idea. and then that would lock them in. What, what oh, are, yeah. What are these bunks like? Do they have, Can you sit up in them? No. Okay. No. no. Well, it, it I really depends. One you could have because they were open on top, but you would have been like up in all these pipes because oh. you're literally at the top, at like the, the overhead, yeah. you know. Um, but now, yeah, so some of them were open, I guess. Yeah, they're all like what, like folded metal, like construction. Yeah. And then um, they're, uh, well, three high for the most part. The marine birthing, some of those things are like four. five high. Well, maybe five, four. Yeah. I don't know. But it was like, damn, like that's high. <laughs> you yeah. fall out of that thing, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, it was, that would be a workout getting up into there. I don't know if I could get up into one of them. Yeah. Not now, anyways. <laughs> I definitely probably couldn't get out of one. <laughs> but um, they're, they're uh, you know, just a rectangle. They're about as wide as a. A twin? Is that what what size? It's like a no. It's more of like a a RV mattress. Like yeah. I think they're like they're about as wide as an average person. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Sounds delightful. They're yeah. only like I don't know if eighteen inches tall. It feels like from the mattress to the top. So yeah. enough, if, like if, uh, just enough yeah. room that if you tried to sit up, you'd hit your face on it. And I've done that a couple times, <laughs> and sober. 
but it was like I, I, for some reason, I'll have this cramp in my leg every once in a while, like a Charlie horse. Yeah. When I'm sleeping, I don't know if I just like hyperextended my leg, like I'm stretching and I'm like, and it locks up. Well, I did that a couple times in the Navy and I'd be like, ah, and like sit up and just hit my head right on the, <laughs> right on the ceiling, like, ow, and then hit my face. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> You're trying to just like, I'm just in pain waiting for it to go away. And I'm like, trying not to wake anybody else up. Like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> the Navy sounds hilarious. Yeah, we've got some stories. <laughs> yeah, it was something else. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but I got a serious uh, question though. Why why do you hate your children? <laughs> oh, because the the, the bed I made theirs a little bigger. Okay. Theirs are pretty <laughs> cool looking. They they're you like kind of they're small, kind of futuristic looking. Yeah, exactly. Right. And they're like you know a cooler shape. They've got more room. They can sit up in theirs. And uh, eventually, I'll finish them. And I planned on putting like. <laughs> little um spots for like their phones to charge and like um little fans in each bed so i still have to do that i've left it like it's all got like plywood skin on it but i've left them where they can slide out so i can still run like ducting and and wires up in between them and uh but i want i really want to like get into vacuum forming yeah and then vacuum form some some cool like plastic molding around each one of them Mm -hmm. and so I'm waiting to finish it to do that because I could like CNC cut out a bunch of stuff and just give it like this like sci-fi look, but I really want to do the vacuum forming and I've got the CNC machine now that has a vacuum bed. And so I'm like, no, now I, now all I have to do is make a, a heater big enough to heat that up and then, you know, suck it down on there. Yeah. Hmm. And, uh, what was that? There's, there's a guy who came up with plans for a really capable, uh, uh, vacuum former. Mm. Um, I think uh, the, it was on the prop guy. Not fun. It was oh, on. No, I think you're on test. I know. Are you talking about Adam Savage? Adam Savage had a used one that this guy. Designed, oh, okay. And you can buy the plans mm. and you could also buy uh, the see. heating uh, coils. Or, I don't know if they're coils, but um, and uh, what you would need to build them. And it's pretty reasonable. You know, you could probably build mm. it. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I don't think they're that, that hard to, to make. I just haven't yeah. got around to making them. No, I mean, and I actually, I have like linear extrusion that I could use or not extrusion, but like linear rails that I could use for like a way to drop it down pretty smooth. I just need to get around to building it really. It would be great because I, I, if you could uh, vacuum form like quarter inch, there's some mm. really cool things you could do, like really functional things you could build with such thick plastic. My mind's oh, yeah. been going crazy. I wish I did have a vacuum former because um, there are a few things that I would I would do that make my life easier. I want to make extra, I want to make shells for um, electric ride-ons for my kids, like mm. bodies, car bodies. Oh, that'd be oh, awesome. Yeah. So I want to CNC mill the parts um, on my Shapoko XXL machine, mm-hmm. uh, just like a wood, um, you know, what do you, what do you call it? When you get like, yeah, form and then like a uh, buck or mm, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then put the, put all the parts together um, hmm. or, you know, or sculpt it or whatever I have to do. But, um, yeah, I would love to play with a vacuum former. That'd be, that'd be cool. Yeah. I definitely That's plan on making one at some point. And that would be a fun way to do it is to make like a, like a little, um, power wheels or something and make its own body for it for your kids or yeah, like take it off and then make a new one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah take the and me and Chris, we've talked about, um, doing like go-karts at some point, like just making them to like either like as a challenge or whatever. And uh, that would be a cool way to use that too. to make like a go-kart body that's like vacuum formed. Yeah. I went down a rabbit hole the other day on the internet uh, two days ago 
I was up till like 1 a.m. <clears throat> Googling how to make your own go-kart. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> and I went down every possible route because I do want to build my kid his own from scratch electric vehicle. We've got one we got from what's called the swap shop down the street. People mm-hmm. bring things that are still usable and you could take it, you could bring stuff instead of junking it and throwing it in the, hmm. you know, the dumpster. And so I got this little ride on vehicle, uh, Mickey Mouse, uh, like red coupe that's like falling apart and it's 12 volts and it goes one mile an hour. Right. Um, but I'd love to love to build him a car and, uh, put some really high powerful batteries on it. So yeah. It 40 flies. Volts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The tires off. Yeah. Rubber tires do the whole thing. Yeah. There's, and there's some crazy companies out there making these things for kids. <laughs> like some of them go like 20 miles an hour. <laughs> Um, yeah, they, uh, what's really big in, in my area is like the, uh, side-by-sides, which that's pretty much big anywhere, but like mm-hmm. anywhere that there's trails, there's side-by-sides. And, um, so, but there's this company that makes like really small, like buggy sized ones and they have kits. Hmm. So it's like a single person side-by-side and mm-hmm. you can like go really quick and it's, you know, awesome suspension and everything. And I'm like, man, that would be sweet to, to make one of those and be able to like go on those trails that some of those side-by-sides are probably too big for and that thing would just rip rip through it and be awesome yeah that 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 is a dream project of mine is to build like a little vehicle i'd never be able to do something that like chris is doing like you actually build actual car. Uh, i don't know I, I don't know if i believe that but no 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 that's no, beyond <laughs> if i did it would take me years and years and years of oh <laughs> uh, well i'm on a year already so well we'll uh <laughs> I've slowed down quite a bit. I want what I want to do is these things called cycle cars, where they used to take like a motorcycle engine and mm. and put that as like your your powertrain in a car. Oh. Um, and they're like kind of they would take a like an actual car, like a speedster or something, and then they'd scale it down to you know make it all all seem like it all fits together, you know, make mm. it all look proportional and whatever, but then they'd be like a one seater, you know, so kind of like a go-kart. Hmm. I, th- I think one of those would be a lot of fun. Yeah. We need is. to get, we, we need to get a few of those and go take over Jimmy Speedway, uh, <laughs> yeah. this year when he, when he has or next year when he has his, uh, race up there. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I suppose if I, if I built like a oh. real, Whoop. I think we lost Chris for a minute. He might be back now. He might be able to hear us. This has happened before on, um, this app. Oh yeah, they just cut you out if they think you're being boring. <laughs> what, what, yeah, it might. I guess that that could be what it is. <laughs> it is an AI system under the hood <laughs> analyzes what we're talking about. All right, right. and I'm back. You guys, <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I was talking to you guys though, and it's probably on the recording, and it's going to sound kind of funny though. Whatever we were, mm. talking. we should was it still the go karts, or have we, yeah, have I we guess moved? it was. Yeah, I think it was. We should we should like write down our last thoughts because. I'm definitely at the point where I forget stuff that I was mm. just talking about already. <laughs> right. Well, if you're looking for a car project to build, I got something I need made. So for oh, yeah. the longest time I've dreamt of like getting a 19, like a 19th, late 1930s cab over engine truck. Mm. Um, I want one to turn that into a work mobile workshop. Uh, so be stick cool. with the, oh, that would be cool. The streamlined style of the time, mm-hmm. and um, and and build like a small shop in there with like desktop machines and things. Mm-hmm. Not like for building f- big wooden furniture or anything, but um, I would drive that up to Maker Camp. I would drive it all over. I'd be mm-hmm. able to work anywhere I want, but yeah. also put it on an electric vehicle chassis. 
Mm-hmm. That would be that'd be cool, you know, because then that I could be use cool. it as the battery as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's smart. Um, <laughs> that would be. I've been I've been dreaming of electric uh, trucks recently because some cool ones have been coming out. They don't go very far, mm-hmm. and, and then they they die when they tow anything. But oh yeah, um, but oh god, that yeah, that would be a be dream because awesome. you can yeah. get the chassis for some people offer them for mm-hmm. commercial trucks. Mm. Uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. I wouldn't Chris know actually. Where he says, there's a, uh, there's a, oh, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, there's a guy I follow on, on Instagram, uh, web motors who makes his own motor and mm-hmm. it looks like a, like a Ford flathead or like a small block Chevy, like whatever you want it to look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's W E B B I believe. Hmm. And, uh, you know, puts them in all these vintage vehicles and like, they still look the part and everything, but you know, it's it's got that electric drivetrain. That's super cool. Yeah. And after we left maker camp, uh, Chris sent, um, like a picture of, uh, an old, what was that old like van you sent? It almost looked like an ice cream. Oh truck yeah. Like a mail delivery yeah. That truck. was like, like thirties or forties. Yeah. That thing was pretty cool. Yeah. That was super cool. And he's like, Oh, it'd be sweet to have one of these, you know, to take up to maker camp or whatever. And mm-hmm. I had been kind of thinking the same lines because, um, I keep seeing, or like, you know, the old, like machinist on the go, like wagons that have like the lathe in the back that kind of comes out. Like mm. I thought that would be an awesome way to go to make your camp next year because I've got these like the rotary CNCs we're building now mm-hmm. that I want to mm-hmm. take up there. And I was like, man, what'd be a cool way to transport these? It'd be like sweet if you could just like have those in the back of like a wagon, but they like slide out and then like pivot over with the doors, like just two on each side. Yeah. So that'd be freaking like awesome. A, like a traveling road show or whatever. Yeah. That would that'd be, cool. be awesome. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah, one day, one day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, we're gonna have to find a couple of them because uh, I, I kind of would like to do one of those cab overs too. Um, I was kind of thinking like maybe a later, like a '40s yeah. or so, but I do yeah. like those '30s ones with that. The like the Ford especially had a real cool grill on it. Yeah, that, like oval grill. They they look really neat. But I would like one to carry the car. You know, oh, to be able yeah, to yeah, have like, those like cool. the, the fixed ramp that doesn't like, not like a flatbed, you know, right. but it's like the one that you can drive right up on. I think one of those would be really cool. Oh yeah, for sure. Sure. I do like the forties, um, models, but, um, I've got a, I've just got an affinity for the late thirties, like that early streamline mm-hmm. experiments mm-hmm. that people were, were making. Um, and it's also just kind of, uh, where I landed in terms of what I'm, I'm trying to accomplish as an, as an artist. Cause I've got my workshop, you know, but I've actually got like a plan for what I'd like to do. Probably won't be mm-hmm. able to get to it until my kids are a little older. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's going to have, it's going to be a, like, it's a, it's a toy store, but, um, I'm not building toys to sell. I'm building toys mm-hmm. to show people these amazing pieces of art. And mm-hmm. then I'll have an Instagram account where it's, um, product shots and catalogs, but in the 1930s style, but nice, like, but like dream That's toys, cool. like one man yeah. mechanical band that plays itself, and, oh, yeah. and, and like uh, um, maybe even my own type of uh, a Dick Tracy style watch, but I'll make my own character. Oh yeah, in mm-hmm. the '30s style, and uh, um, you know, just just tons of things, just like a, a, a are, list. Are you a uh, are you a fan of the uh, the Fallout games? No, I actually, oh my God, you'd probably love those. Yeah, I mean, just just look at like the art of them because they are like kind of like, I guess, it's that same atomic 50s. Yeah, the the atomic stuff, but it's like the game is set where if it was like during that time period, 
Mm. They were like the, a bomb actually did drop and wiped, you know, half the world out. And but you survived in like this underground vault and you come back up and it's a wasteland. So it's like post-apocalyptic. But the the cars in that game are the coolest because mm-hmm. they're all these old cars like we've been talking about. But they also are like jet powered looking like they're like futuristic, but also like, I don't know, I'd say like 40s to 60s or something. Yeah. Cars mm-hmm. super cool looking. I, I do love that aesthetic. Uh, my son is really into, uh, he's like, I'm a spaceman, I'm a spaceman. And we have a room that we painted all the walls and the ceiling, um, a dark midnight blue um, mm. that's really beautiful in the sunlight, but it's got gold stars on the ceiling and the walls. Mm. Um, and, and we call it the star room. So he's always pretending to be a spaceman in there. And I really want to build him um, like a rocketeer style jetpack mm. and helmet. Oh, that'd be awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, some people make some that'd incredible replicas that i would love to spend money i don't have on but uh <laughs> yeah i've been looking at them too yeah 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 they're very, they very cool. cool and i would love to design something like that with you know with but like with the flames that will come out the bottom and mm. it's like rotating plastic that illuminates or maybe mm, just be cool fog or fog and light maybe coming out of it so it looks like smoke and like a fan mm-hmm. push it I don't know something no, that's cool. dynamic. That'd be really cool. You need to get one of those. What is the the gravity machine? Is it what? What do they call that? The actual like wind powered jetpack that you see these like oh, people yeah. using where they're like flying around. Uh-huh. Get one of those, but then like <laughs> go retro on it. on it and like, <laughs> yeah, put your kid on it. No, I mean just like <laughs> make it like the Rocketeer style. Like, why do you hate your kids? <laughs> <laughs> Daddy built a jetpack. Doesn't know how it works, but uh, we sleep in a coffin. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But we can plug our phones in, so that's good, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my well, one day they'll be able to plug their phones yeah, in. One he day he hasn't we, finished. Well, the outlets yeah. are there. It just isn't as fancy as I want. That'll he be after pain. <laughs> I'm waiting until they're old enough to help me. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> Toys, man. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I learned uh, things like that that adults would buy is really where I should have been a long time ago as a maker because mm. I don't know if you had problem with pricing as a as a maker, someone who makes things and sells things. Yeah, it's tough. I've always struggled with it because my drive was to make somebody happy and I wanted to share my mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. But I was underpricing the Zoltars. I underpriced way so bad that I got behind the eight ball and it made it harder for Mm. me to get them done. But then I realized what they were worth, what my time was worth. Mm. And then I found out once I priced it appropriately, even though not as high as I was advised to to price it, because I I did want some regular collectors to be able to get it. Mm -hmm. um, I realized if I had been, there are people out in the world that will spend a lot of money for really cool things. Just because I can't doesn't mean I have to price it that way. Right. Because there are people yeah, out there. And and then I'll make cool things like my rocket ships that are attainable mm-hmm. and my skeleton keys or whatever. But um, but yeah, I really should have been making really, really expensive toys earlier. Right. Because <laughs> then I could have gotten yeah, ahead of the game. I, mm-hmm. I definitely struggled with that a lot too of pricing because I always just wanted to like build the coolest thing that I could you know imagine. And then when a customer would be like, yeah, I want to build this. I'm like... Ooh, I don't want to price it too high that they don't do it. Right. <laughs> like right. I want to, I want to see this thing through. Yeah. So there's been a few of them where I've like, you know, really been disappointed as I was making it that I put way too much time in, but you know, you're still happy with the end product. And then there's other ones that, 
you know, you, you, you price it too high thinking, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to price it a little bit better. And then you don't get that job and you're like, ah, dang, like mm-hmm. maybe, I, maybe I priced it too high. <laughs> what are what's worse though? When you price it too high and they go, nah, or they ghost you, or is it worse when they're like, oh yeah, for sure. Oh, <laughs> phew. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's then you, like, oh. that's a lot of weight on it. You're like, oh man. I should have. Yeah. I asked that question and, and uh, Corey like nodded, like, yeah, pricing's hard. But Chris was like, no. <laughs> No, I don't care. That. I know what I'm worth. Thank you. Chris Chris doesn't uh, sell some too much though. He just yeah. sells, sells himself. Just oh, videos yeah. and exactly. autographs yeah. of himself. And, <laughs> yeah. And that yeah, and that's that sells quick. So <laughs> speaking of the Rocketeer, because that was another favorite movie of mine when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you remember the dog cafe that's in it? The dog cafe. It looks like a dog. Like the, I think they call it the Bulldog Cafe. I don't remember. Hmm. So there's a guy named Bobby Green, and he owns like a few different companies. I think one is the uh, 1933 Group, and then uh, he owns the Old Crow Speed Shop. He's out in in Los Angeles, and he bought that building, and he buys other buildings because those buildings had like I, I forget what the name of it is, where it's like a functional building, but it looks like a hot dog or, mm-hmm. or like a bulldog or something mm-hmm. like he has one. That's a, that's a hot dog and it's a hot dog stand called tail of the pup. And like, he just got that one all refinished and, and back going and, and everything. Um, and these are like established as a business. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And, and like the, like the, he's got that bulldog cafe going again as like a little cafe that you can go to and they're they're i guess they're around los angeles and stuff like he's got the uh um i don't know if this one is his the uh zep diner i'm, I'm on his instagram right now he's got this sounds cool so stuff. familiar i think i i read an article about someone who did did this I yeah so, i'd be curious to see he, he's familiar. really he's really interesting with all this stuff but yeah he's he's got like the rocketeer helmets and stuff like that in there and He's into all this old, you know, like, like, again, that atomic style stuff. And, and, uh, but he's taking buildings and, you know, that's crazy. Refinishing them and putting them back out. And, yeah, that's a pretty big, cool. That's a big project. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I'll have to look that, I get that. The name of what that is escapes me. Uh, like I said, where you take, you have a building that's like a functional building, but it'll look like, you know, something like a hot dog. But that was kind of a thing that they used to do. Yeah, yeah, and the cars too. Mm-hmm. That look like boots. I think. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. What is it up in Maine? That big company, that that clothing company that has a boot car. Um, it, that's uh, everyone takes pictures in front of them when we go up there. But yeah, that's. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what yeah, you're talking about. But, um... <laughs> oh, you are a dad. Okay. Oh gosh. Oh, <laughs> listen, don't don't get him started, please. We'll we'll never be able to end this thing. No, but uh, there is uh, out here. We have the Liverpool Legends that are like the Beatles cover band in Branson, and they've got a um, yellow beetle that it looks like a yellow submarine <laughs> with a little oh, periscope and stuff on it. <laughs> drives around. It's hilarious. It's funny. It's great because you actually see them driving the car and they look like the Beatles, like they got the wigs on or whatever, and they just look silly in there. But like the cartoon version of the Beatles where they're in a tiny yeah. car. That's right, really yeah. Cool. That's awesome. That's funny. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you guys say? We close this thing out. We got uh, some people that we've got to thank. Mm, yeah. 
first. I got the list right here. I'd like so, to thank Corey's kids for hanging in there. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen them for a while, so it's hopefully they are the hanging office. in there. Yeah, they, they're, they're fine. Don't worry about them. Don't, don't look for them. Probably getting splinters trying to climb into their racks <laughs> that you made them. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So, uh, yeah, we have a uh, Patreon. If you want to check that out, you can head on over to patreon.com slash makeshift podcast. We got a couple different levels that you can, you know, help support us at. And uh, one of them even gets you into like a group chat that we got on Instagram, which is pretty dumb at times, but pretty freaking funny, too. So it's pretty funny. Um, Anyways, uh, our first patron, and he's probably not listening anymore after we started talking about all that toenail stuff, is uh, Keith Drennan from Blackthorn Concepts. <laughs> uh, we've got Hatch Made It, ButtJoints.com, which is Ed Johns, The Junkyard Jewel, Green Street Joinery, Michael Nye, Vincent Ferrari. And uh, Vincent dropped, so we record on Wednesday, his... A new podcast started today and he actually interviewed uh jimmy DeResta. it was a as always a, a great interview so make sure you go check that out is that a digitally creative right yep, podcast? Yeah. yeah 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 yep digitally creative that's right uh we've got brenda she did not change her name this week that's good <laughs> uh chad's custom creations mike from pixels to prototype toby mural of uk knife maker supply henry davis woodland iron David Beckwith. Uh, oops, I just closed this thing down. Uh, Matthew from Archigino Serio. Uh, Metal Chef's Customs, which is Jake Largan. And MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Yeah. So thank you all very much. We really appreciate the support. Yeah. So thank you for joining us, Nick. Um, you got some great stories and you're real inspirational. So. I yeah. really appreciate you coming on, sharing that with us. Yeah, thanks for making the time for me. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, we uh, definitely got to have you come back on because that was a lot of fun, and I feel like we went over a lot of cool stuff. So, yeah, well, we probably got a lot more we can talk about. Too. I, mean, I, two, I yeah. have nine other toenail stories. <laughs> oh God! Perfect. <laughs> we'll leave them for the we'll leave them for the ends. We'll do a special Patreon episode just about about the nine other toenails. The content warning oh, goes on. Gosh. That one. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely going to have to be behind a paywall. That's be <laughs> a little much for people. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. You guys got anything else? No, I think that's it. All right. Well, thanks again, Nick. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Yep, see you.